Appalachian Gun Range in Jasper is proud to be in Pickens County. They have a modern and spacious facility that's known for being one of the best ranges in Georgia. Some say it's the best they've ever visited. Appalachian Gun Range offers three levels of yearly memberships, plus daily rates with discounts for military, first responders, folks over 60, and children under 15. They offer safety and instruction classes too. Appalachian Gun Range, just off the 515 at Highway 108 in Jasper. Welcome back to Dragon Football Weekly presented by Appalachian Gun Range. I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker. Jess, it is good to be back in studio with you. uh, My uh, day job has uh, required me to uh, be out of town some last few weeks. I know I haven't been uh, in studio with you all for the show for a little while. did a couple of Zoom meetings, but uh, good to be back here on uh, Main Street in Jasper for sure. Uh, Very... uh, exciting turnaround for the dragons like we've been covering for several weeks keeping you posted on what's going on with them but uh, the regular season is now complete uh dragons finishing the regular season at five and five uh, quite a turnaround of events being a team that started at one and four so uh winning hit with my quick math four of the last five games one and four in the first half of the season four and won in the second half of the season, so a complete turnaround. Did earn a playoff spot, uh, which they're very excited about. We do uh, have a little bit more insight now once all the seating was complete after Friday night and some housekeeping items over the weekend. We now know the team they will play, what seed they'll be, and when that game is, Jess, you want to kind of dive in a little bit to that? Yeah, so on Friday um, we were pretty sure of who we th- how we thought things would line up and uh we were not correct Uh, those things kind of got turned on their heads a little bit a lot of um shocking outcomes from games not necessarily uh, shocking as in upsets we do have uh, one upset that was a product of of who we will end up facing this saturday and then other uh, teams within our region having a big lead Uh, we'll detail both of those throughout the show for now, um, and this is all we're going to touch on this with Coach Myers here in a moment. He will have more clarification on it than we do. Uh, it it appears that this part is a fact. We will play uh, Hebron Christian this Saturday. Those things are set in stone. I have the game time at 6 o'clock. Um, we will get him to confirm that. When we spoke last week, it was up for negotiation between uh, the two co- coaching staff. So we will confirm with him that 6 o'clock uh, game time. It is on a Saturday, folks, not a Friday, and it will be against Hebron Christian. They wound up with the number two seed in Region 8. Uh, we'll talk about exactly how they wound up with that uh, with Coach Myers as well. We'd heard some things kind of uh, through the grapevine that a uh, coin flip might have decided that we will get him uh, to confirm and and why exactly uh, things went that route this weekend yeah we we uh, things as you kind of noted shook out a little different than we expected we knew stevens county for example would not be a team we would face we knew the four seed would would go up there and we knew that after pickens victory against wesley and at home on senior night last friday that we had secured the three seed our expectation is most likely a matchup between Oconee and Hart County. I do think Oconee was in the cards, but it ended up um, being that uh, Hebron Christian, uh, not a team that we had necessarily on our radar, but uh, potentially a more favorable matchup, I think, uh, certainly travel-wise, but also potentially um, as far as head-to-head matchup. We'll dive into that all more 
uh, later in the show for sure, and we will have uh, talk to the head coach himself, Grant Myers, who's going to be making those preparations with the team this week, and and we'll get insight on uh, on what all he expects to see in this uh, week one of playoffs. Now, as I noted, regular season wrapped up, and the Dragons uh, went out on a great fashion last Friday night, senior night. Uh, at home in Dragon Stadium. Kind of um, a very competitive matchup against Wesleyan as we expected, but uh, I think most would have probably had a, a slight edge, a slight favorite to Wesleyan. So a little bit of surprise um, for the Dragons to be able to perform like they did. And really, in my opinion, a pretty strong performance throughout the game. Um, to lock in that three seed, avoid a trip up to Stevens County and um, uh, a, a good, good, very good win for the Dragons. You want to kind of go over what all took place Friday night? Yeah, I'll start by saying um, this may be kind of a big statement. I think this was the best win uh, of the year. Um, a lot of people might point to Gilmer, and I understand there are other factors that make that a big win, but to me, it was the uh, strongest win, and it also puts an exclamation point on the end of this four-game winning streak and how, um, you know, none of this was was a fluke. The Gilmer win, uh, they fell off a little bit since then. Uh, West Hall, of course, not didn't put up a strong season, and White County would have been one of the weaker teams. So I think this was the uh, kind of submitted that – winning streak and shows not a fluke that the team uh, has really put some things together toward the last half of the season. Wesley, Wesleyan came in favored by 11 by the Massey rating, so they were certainly expected to win this game. It was a very even first half. Uh, Wesleyan got bit by two turnovers early through back-to-back interceptions on their first two drives. Uh, took a little bit for Pickens to take advantage of them. Teams traded fake punts. And uh, Miguel Salto had two TDs in the first half. Those were failed point afters, and that left the Dragons up 12-7 to at the half. And this is when we start kind of talking about uh, those playoff scenarios as we as we go through. But we uh, I'll touch that after this, this recap because that definitely was something. Uh, third quarter, very quiet. Uh, nobody scores. Uh, a couple fumbles were involved. Wesleyan kicks a field goal at the beginning of the fourth quarter to make it 10-12. to 12. Um, I was very critical about this jo- choice live. It was a goal-to-go situation. They were down 7-12. to 12. Uh, I think a lot of the analytics would have pointed to go for it there, take the lead, and if not, you stick your opponent with four, poor field position. Now, we later saw maybe why – the Wesleyan coach, uh, Coach Pridgen, decided to go that route as a 38-yard field goal gives them the lead later in the quarter. They definitely had a strong kicker. That 38-yard field goal was a no-doubter. Puts them up 13-12. to Dragons mount a good drive, score a go-ahead touchdown on a striker to pike TD with about four minutes to go, and then the defense uh, held on for a victory, sealed it late with that interception to lock in uh, the number three seed. But it, as far as playoffs goes, that was just uh, the tip of the iceberg and the dominoes that were about to fall, we found out. 20-13 to 13 was the final uh, in the Dragons' favor Friday night, and like you said, a big win and, and a strong performance against a very um, – physical team from Wesleyan. They have not performed. They've kind of underwhelmed expectations in the preseason. Um, but a very physical team, good team with um, storied success, longtime head coach that with a lot of success, I think, I believe a, a state championship head coach um, formerly. So a, a, a very worthy opponent. Now, 
one of the storylines we were talking about on Friday as we were looking at the playoff picture was that really Wesleyan, we thought, was having to play for their season to stay alive because um, with Gilmer having the, the, you know, because of the tiebreaker type situation, Gilmer looking to beat White County, and they were, as we provided updates, pretty much dominating that game all night long. And, in fact, when we went off air, they had such a, a predominant lead that we expected it to be a um, – a, a victory for Gilmer. They lock in that fourth seed since we had beat Wesleyan and Wesleyan to be out. But Wesleyan uh, had a little luck on Friday night. They didn't have to win to to uh, secure their own path to the playoffs. Gilmer had a meltdown and helped them out. Yeah, very um, ugly from their standpoint, and as, especially as far as what was at stake. Uh, so just a little background on that. Gilmer needed a win and a Wesleyan loss to make the playoffs. One of the two would not do. They needed both. Um, throughout this game, you know, we started talking about that being the case with the Dragons up at halftime. Gilmer had a uh, huge lead. The game appeared to be in hand. Um, at the end of the third quarter, it was 35-13 to 13 Gilmer. Uh, as... Pickens, as it's clear Pickens will win, we begin to report that Pickens will be the three seed, Gilmer will be the four. And then as we're winding down in our post game, uh, we started to get some updates, and I kind of put the little caveat out there that maybe, uh, you know, that game's not in hand, maybe it's not decided. But even at that point, it was a 10-point game with three minutes to go. We go off air, continue to track the game. White scores two more touchdowns in the final three minutes with the help of a recovered onside kick, and Gilmer finds themselves uh, on the outside looking in. Very tough loss. Um, I don't have enough information to say what all might have contributed to that. This, you know, we get all this information secondhand. Didn't have the luxury of you know being able to being able to watch this game being at the same time at ours, but truly. Uh, Heartbreaking, especially given the fact that Pickens toppled Wesleyan and Gilmer had that opportunity. If they would have blown this game and and Wesleyan would have won, that's kind of out of their hands at that point. But just the fact that that they could not close out that game with the opportunity to extend their season online, that's got to hurt for them. Yeah, I blew a 22-point lead uh, going into the fourth quarter. And, and, you know, really, we talked about the tale of two – um, two halves of the season for the Dragons. Kind of the same for Gilmer. Came out strong in non-region yeah. play. Everybody's like Gilmer's back and, and end up losing to Pickens, losing a number of region contests. Uh, certainly much improvement compared to some of their past few years season. They're actually winning games, <laughs> which is an improvement, I think. I don't know their final record, but I'm believing it's around 500. 500 exactly for the, for the season overall. Season they finished overall. a little bit south of that in region. And but but got to be a heartbreaker for the Bobcats up north. Um, if you're a dragon and that's your big rivalry, can't help but uh, not be too upset for those guys. But uh, certainly uh, a worthy note in region play, and not the only complete upset last Friday night. There was another um, upset on the other side uh, of the state that impacted our playoff picture. Yeah. So as you mentioned earlier, we were. At- anticipating Stevens at the one, which is which still happened regardless of, of any outcome on Friday. And then uh, it was a toss-up between whether, whether we believed we would play Oconee or Hart County. Hebron Christian ends up upsetting Stevens on Friday night, which forced, forced a coin flip between Oconee, Monroe area, and uh, Hebron Christian, as, as I understand it. Like I said, we'll get s- some clarification from Coach Myers on this. Hart County ends up completely out of the picture, not in the playoffs. 
Uh, Hebron Christian ends up with the two seed, and that is who will face a big win by them this Friday. People didn't anticipate that. Um, like I said, we've only gotten little crumbs of, of info as to how this went down, and I'm looking forward to hopefully getting a little bit deeper insight from Coach Myers. Yep, we're going to unpack that on the other side of this commercial. Stay with us with Coach Myers on the other side of Dragon Football Weekly. Piedmont Mountainside Hospital has been a leader of quality medical care in Georgia with the second longest straight-A leapfrog rating streak in the state for 14 consecutive A ratings and consistently ranking in the top five Atlanta hospitals in patient excellence. Piedmont offers a wide range of services and specialties, including imaging, cardiac rehabilitation, and general surgery to meet the acute and long-term needs of the community. In addition, Piedmont Mountainside offers 24-hour emergency and intensive care in Jasper and in LJ. Choose Piedmont Mountainside. Real change lives here. The word community means everything to the people of Community Bank of Pickens County. Community is much more than a name to the owners and staff. They're proud to be the area's only locally owned and operated bank and have a staff that lives in our area. They've continued to offer in-person service at both of their full service locations while also offering you the latest online banking technology. Community Bank of Pickens County saying go Dragons during this 22 football season. Member FDIC. Dr. Matthew Camp at Georgia Mountain Ophthalmology welcomes Dr. Charles Newcomer to his Jasper office. Dr. Newcomer is a trained optometrist who can do regular eye exams and handle most common eye problems. Of course, Dr. Camp is still available for more complex eye problems. Dr. Matthew Camp and now Dr. Charles Newcomer welcomes you to Georgia Mountain Ophthalmology behind the racetrack on Interstate South Drive just off 515 in Jasper. Call 678-454-7329. Back now on Dragon Football Weekly, joined at this time by Coach uh, Grant Myers. And, uh, Coach, always glad to have you on. Do want to congratulate you and your team on uh, making the playoffs and uh, quite a turnaround in the second half of the season uh, after a 1-4 and four start going 4-1, and one, uh, really when it mattered in the region portion of your schedule. So uh, kudos to you and your team. I know you all are excited, and a lot of people around the community are too. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm just, uh, I'm very excited, you know, for these kids. I'm excited for our coaching staff. Um, it would have been, you know, when we're sitting there one in five, it would have been very easy for a lesser group of young men to pack it in, uh, you know, and get ready for basketball or wrestling or, you know, anything else that they have interests in outside of football. But that's not how this group wanted to go out. And uh, the four-game winning streak we've been on has been a testament to the resolve and uh, grit that they have. And I'm just uh, – I'm really proud to be able to lead them. Absolutely. Um, Now, as we noted, y'all are going to be playing uh, Hebron Christian will be your matchup. We now know as you were able getting that victory against Wesleyan to lock in the three seed. Um, I know we talked a little to you off air. Um, I I know you you maybe not be fully aware on that kind of coin flip situation um, and and why uh, in region – Eight, why they had to do that and because of Hebron Christian winning last Friday night kind of in a surprise against Stevens County it I think impacted how the seating was going to go over there but I know you may not have all the details on that but I guess any insight you have on maybe why some things shaked out the way they did I know um, possibly with Stevens County kind of already locking their end of the uh, portion of the region maybe weren't uh, that impacted their game plan I'm sure and maybe some other things that uh, kind of in, uh, impacted the picture on that side of the playoffs 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Stevens locking in the uh, region championship, the human element kind of came in for them as far as not being as overly motivated as I think you would be um, if you had to win to clinch a region championship there. I also know after talking to Coach Tankersley that they sat a few kids with some injuries that were out that game that might have made an impact there. Uh, and on the flip side of it, Hebron having to win to get in also motivated their kids to go out and play a really sound and clean football game. So, you know, not necessarily the opponent we expected, but a very good football team. Um, and as far as the coin flips go, you know, that was in our region, we weren't going to do a coin flip. It was going to go down to uh, non-region games and points allowed and just all of those things in the doomsday scenario that you had three teams all tied with the same record and the same point differential and what have you. So I, I can't really speak as to why region eight did that, but um, you know, that's how things fell. And so, and instead of traveling to Oconee County, which is kind of what I was anticipating earlier in the, uh, in, in the possible projections there, we'll be going to Decula, Georgia to play Hebron. So that is a region by region decision then not necessarily correct. a GHSA wide thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's correct. Like uh we we met on our region met on this uh it was at last December when we you know found out that we were all going into the same region together. Um right there before Christmas break, we met at Lumpkin and all coaches voted to uh, plus minus 13 system, which I, I think you guys are kind of aware of how all that works. And if team A beats team B by five, but loses to team C by 10, then their overall in that tie-breaking scenario is uh, they're at minus five. So anyway, that that's how our region went. Um, I can't speak for how region eight did theirs though, but apparently coin flip was one of the tiebreakers there, which we our region said was not going to happen. We weren't going to do that. Right, that's okay. I had no idea that it would go region by region like that. I assumed it was a uh, GHSA laid out. I knew, uh, I think Pickens was a part of some mini games in the past. Tucker, right. is that during? Yeah, I, I recall some times when we would have um, either play-in games or these mini game type series, which were not ideal in my, my view necessarily either. But, no. Um, and I'm sure, Coach, you can give a little more insight into that too. No, we uh, again. That was another thing that our region said we are not doing is mini games, and DHSA has kind of moved away from doing the mini games because not only does it affect the teams involved, it makes for a very tough prep week for the teams that have to get ready to play these other guys. Um, so it affects you know not just the schools that have to play in the mini games, but all of the teams that they are matching up with in the playoffs. Yeah, it would be just a hectic situation kind of, and then there's opportunities for injuries and that sort of thing too. So I, I don't want to give you uh, – I don't want to give you too much of an opportunity for bulletin board material here, not like uh, I wouldn't anticipate that Hebron Christian would be listening to this show, but if uh, they happen to, what? Uh, how do you feel the coin flip worked out for us um, as far as did you have a preference of opponents and what are your expectations of Hebron Christian this Saturday? Well, all three teams that we would have matched up with are really, really good football teams. All three have been ranked in the top ten of AAA at some point this year, um, but they each present different matchups. Uh, you know, I'll go ahead and kind of talk. Oconee County is an extremely physical team. Uh, we would have had our work cut out as far as being able to handle them. 
for 48 minutes of just grind on you type physicality, um, similar to Dawson, but, but maybe a little bit more physical. Uh, then you go to Monroe area, extremely athletic team. Um, you know, several players that can really uh, put points on the board right now on you, and then uh, fast rangy kids on defense, and then Hebron, who has probably the most electric player um, that we will have seen this season. Uh, one of the better players I've, I've, I will have coached against, um, and their quarterback, Gavin Hall, he's run for um, over 2,000 yards and has thrown for another 1,500. Um, he is a special football player, and we're going to have our hands full, um, you know, containing him. And he's, he's got some solid pieces around him. And defensively, they, they do a good job of being disruptive. Um, but I, all that being said, this is a game that we feel that if we come out and we play well and we, are, we don't do anything to beat ourselves, like turn the ball over or allow you know, multiple explosive plays on top of one another from a defensive standpoint, that we have a chance to win and uh, we can – have a chance to go and win the game in the fourth quarter as long as we don't go and beat ourselves and we're able to do things that have allowed us to be successful the last four weeks in this four-game winning streak. I know your team's excited to be in this position, and, and the fans are too. I do want to confirm that game will be Saturday at 6 p.m. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, all of AAA's playoff games are on Saturday. Uh uh, so 3A, 5A, and 7A, all of the playoff games for those three classifications will all be played on Saturday. Um, and again, in the working with other coaches, as, you know, prior to this coin flip and everything, um, I was pushing, as things went on, I was pushing for about a 3 o'clock, 3.30 start time um, just based on one uh, – you know, travel time, uh, trying to to be able to, if you are able to win the game, you know, you finish up 7 o'clock or so, you get back two hours later, 9 o'clock, and then you can get ready to start prepping for your next opponent. Um, you know, and I think also that um, that our fans would have been on board for that. But uh, unfortunately, Hebron Christian, the earliest they could do anything because they've got some things going on on their campus because – they are a K through 12 school, you know, private school there. They've got some things going on on their campus that the earliest that they could go was 6 p.m. start time on Saturday. Appreciate that insight. And, of course, uh, Tri-State Communications Sports Network is always covering Pickens football. We'll have coverage of the playoff game um, from Decula at uh, 6 p.m. on Saturday. And looking forward to that uh, a great matchup and uh, playoff opportunity for you now. Uh, before we go with you, I want to um, just this kind of season overall, the regular season for 2022, and, and we talk about uh, a little bit of a rough start, you know, struggled some in non-region, finished off, uh, first half of the season 1-4 uh, and four and um, came into the region play, but really had a turnaround starting with that rivalry matchup against Gilmer at home and um, ended up winning out. Uh, four, four in a row, I believe. Four, four straight. Four straight yep. to end the season um, and really got this community excited, the school excited. I know it meant a lot to you and your team, but I, the overall question is give us kind of your personal grade or assessment on this season and kind of getting in a little more particular, I, I guess. Regardless it, of what happens Saturday, yeah. just the regular season. Right, and, and but getting in a little more particular, 
I guess for you as the head coach, and I think this turnaround starts with you, how do you drown out the noise, drown out the, the, the pressure criticism of sorts and, and stay focused and keep your team focused to be able to compete in that second half of the season like you did so well? Well, so I'll answer the first kind of part of this question first, uh, and that's overall right now. You know, did I expect for us to be 5-5 five five right now at the start of the season? No, I did not. And am I happy that we are? No, I'm, I'm obviously not happy because we had higher expectations. Um, there were some things that happened early in the year that were – you know, outside of our control, we had some injuries. We had some some things that just I, I don't want to say didn't bounce our way, but there was just it seemed like a lot piled on early. But we were able to weather that storm and ultimately focus on the things that we could control. Um, and, and that's how we went about our business each day. Focus on trying to improve each day, trying trying to improve each game, and not losing sight of our goals. You know, our goals were to make the playoffs. Uh, compete for a region championship, have an opportunity to host. Well, even though that it was very unlikely that West Hall would have beat Lumpkin, you know, we go into game 10 with those things still on the table, an opportunity to host a playoff game. Now, do we get, you know, are we hosting one? No, but from where we were, were in the middle of the season, you know, sitting there at one and four and then one and five, for us to turn around and win four straight games when not many people gave us that you know likelihood not many people believed that that was possible um you spoke a little bit about outside noise and pressure criticism or pressure criticism any of that can't control any of that but what i can control is the focus and the detail that is demanded from our coaching staff on a daily basis and the effort and the execution that is demanded by our players on a daily basis and so that's what we really just honed in on is worry about the controllables worry about what we can control you know, I'm quite sure right now Nick Saban's got people in the state of Alabama who want to fire him. Okay, but guess what? Like he can't worry about that. They've lost two games by like one point or something like that. He can't concern himself with that. I can't concern myself with what other people who are outside of the organization have to say. But what I can control and concern myself with is how we go about our business on a day-to-day basis. And what we've done in the last month is – go about it the right way and we've seen the results out on the field our kids have played well um you know you look at take white county for instance earlier in the year we get down 14 points you know like we did against white county we might have a running clock put on us but we were resilient our kids kept believing they stayed focused and we were able to come out and win the game 48 28 you look at the other night against wesley and we're down 13 to 12 we've not really done much offensively in the second half we drive the ball down and from you know 80 yards in under uh, three minutes to play right there and score with a minute nine left. So our, I think it's just a testament to our kids. I think it's a testament to their – I'll use the same term I did earlier, but their resolve, their grit, and just their determination because that they didn't want this thing to go sideways. They didn't want to be a group that went two and eight. They didn't want to be the group that allowed Gilmer to win for the first time in nine years. So it's – again – I, I'm happy to lead them. I'm happy to be the figurehead of the organization. But at the end of the day, these players deserve a lot of recognition and credit because they're the ones that never stopped believing in the message that was being preached and the mission that we were on. 
Absolutely. Well, yeah, no doubt. Kudos uh, to you, to your staff, to the players, the the whole organization on just such a strong finish to the season that really got a lot of folks excited. I mean, just some great uh, great quality wins, great quality football games that we had the opportunity to cover. I know that got to Jess and I a lot of excitement. Not that the first half of the season didn't either because there were some good matchups there. I mean, even like – um, the shootout North Murray, for example, didn't go our way, but I mean that was a fun game and some others. Um, right. But, but just to do a good, strong finish to the season, just a really kudos to your team and and um, for for staying in there and, and battling every week. I know every time we talk to you, you'd say we're working, we're working really hard, and that's all. If, you know, you talk about kind of controlling the things you can control, and at the end of the day, that's really all you can do. Um, and I think the the results of that uh, are evident. Uh, over the last few weeks and playing on Saturday and, and week one of the playoffs, which really ultimately is one of the goals every team has is to stay alive and be playing in the postseason. And and you are. And uh, we wish your team all the best of luck on Saturday against Hebron Christian. And, again, uh, Tri-State Communications Sports Network will have coverage of that playoff game Saturday at 6 p.m. To Coach, uh, it's been a pleasure for us throughout this regular season portion. I know the season's not over, but the regular season's been a pleasure uh, for Jess and myself personally to be able to cover your team and uh, to sit down with you almost every week and get your insight. And uh, you've been you've been more than generous with your time and the information y'all you've been able to put forward for the fans out there. And and I just want you to know that we appreciate that very much. Too. Yeah, we've enjoyed it. Well, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, you know I appreciate you providing this platform for us, and I hope that we're able to do it at least another week because if that's the case, that means we'll have won Saturday and Dragons will be into the second round of AAA playoffs. Um, you know, regardless of the outcome Saturday, I, I'm very excited about where things are headed with the program right now and the fact that we've got a lot of positive momentum moving uh, from the end of this 2022 season towards the start of the 2023 season. So we're not ready for it to be over, but I'm very proud of that we are finishing this thing strong. Absolutely, and we uh, anticipate y'all will continue to do that. We wish you the best of luck on Saturday, and uh, I hope we're here next week talking to you as well. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yes, Thanks, sir. Coach. Stay with us on Dragon Football Weekly. We, we uh, enjoy talking with Coach Myers on the other side of this break. We'll have more of the playoff picture as well as more in-depth look at the playoff preview. Stay with us. Pueblo Cantina is Jasper's best Mexican restaurant. Local folks know they use only fresh ingredients and serve a wide variety of freshly made dishes. Restaurants come and go, but Pueblo Cantina has been open since 1997. Lunch or dinner seven days a week. Come to Jasper's best Mexican restaurant, Pueblo Cantina, 25 Luke Carver Drive at 53 and 515 Jasper. Go Dragons! With Northside Hospital, you can look forward to new beginnings, look ahead to comeback seasons, and look up for hope and strength. Northside welcomes you into our community of care, guided by one clear direction, a mission to heal. Led by our expertise in maternity, heart, cancer, orthopedics, and more, you can move into tomorrow with confidence. For a healthier future together, look to Northside Hospital. 
feed all the hungry people in your family at Culver's of Jasper. Their signature butter burgers are fresh, never frozen, and the frozen custard is the perfect treat. Culver's of Jasper is locally owned and operated by local people who care about our community. Their passion for fresh food is as strong as their love for the community. They're proud of where they're located and how their local roots have made them who they are. Get fresh food now at Culver's of Jasper, just in front of Walmart. Welcome back on Dragon Football Weekly, presented by Appalachian Gun Range. Had a uh, great conversation with Coach Myers as we've been fortunate to be able to do a number of weeks this season, Jess, and I think really um, his willingness to sit down and give us an inside look at the program is just uh, tremendous uh, insight for the fans out there that would listen to this broadcast, I think. Well, we couldn't uh, do this without the cooperation of the program. We could do it, but only – only to a certain extent, I mean, we wouldn't be able to uh, get some of the inside looks and behind-the-scenes type things. I mean, if it was just – I think we've had, what, maybe just one week where we had no interview at all. Um, most weeks we've in- interviewed Grant Myers. Uh, we had uh, some guests from opponents and Luke Davenport from Gilmer and Tim Tao from Phantom. Both were great. And then uh, we had Chris Williams, the athletic director. He was also a wonderful interview. So – uh, I'm very pleased with the way his sh- the show has went this year and uh, appreciate Coach Myers and, and all the other guests involved in helping us out in that regard. Absolutely. Uh, now back to football itself. I know we've been a lot of speculation, particularly the last couple of weeks, on the playoff picture. It is now finally completely set. Round one of the playoffs is set. Jess, you want to dive in that to us? Yeah, and I'm not going to go too deep into the other matchups. I will tell you what they are and what uh, the Massey ratings have them at. And uh, I will tell you this is going to be heavily in the favor of Region 8. We can talk about how strong they are in a second. Uh, The number one seed, Stevens County, is favored by 23 over uh, Wesleyan. Our opponent from last week hung on to that four seed with Gilmer's loss. Stevens, very strong team. Wesleyan had some high preseason hopes. We'll see if they can uh, maybe channel that and turn back time a little bit as they haven't been that strong this year and see if they can compete there. Uh, This one was a shocker to me, the uh, differential that Massey had on this one. Lumpkin, the two-seed from Region 7, will host Oconee, the three-seed from Region 8. However, Oconee still a 34-point favorite in that one. Uh, Massey really likes them. A lot of that – uh, you know, those calculations are geared based on recent history, and Lumpkin hasn't had a great recent history. So that could be uh, something a little bit to do with that, but still, uh, Oconee a huge favorite even as the row team. Same case with Dawson. They will be hosting Monroe area. However, they are 22-point underdogs to Monroe area. So a little bit of something for Pickens to hang their hat on. Uh, they have the tightest differential. Ebron Christian is a 20-point favorite as we will be visiting them uh, this weekend. So uh, we at least, according to Massey, looks like we pulled uh, the most favorable matchup on, on the other side of that coin flip there. So that's one uh, little caveat. But Region 8, strong, no doubt. Yeah, very, based on predictions, uh, lopsided in these playoff pictures. You um, look into more of the kind of analysis aspects. What is your view on that, Jess? I mean, is Region 8 that strong, or do you think maybe there's some things they're not taking into consideration, like some of the down 
So I think Lumpkins is a little bit lopsided. Yeah, like I I talked about. I think that uh, they're a little bit stronger than that. Um, However, I'm not going to take anything away from Region 8. I think that it is uh, potentially that all all four teams that are in the playoffs from Region 8 could – could handle all four teams that are in the playoffs from Region Seven. They're just they're that tough. Uh, for instance, Stevens they were given a three point nine percent chance of winning uh, the region during the preseason Maxwell ratings, and you know they came out as one of the stronger teams in the state. Not only that, all four of these teams in the playoffs: Stevens, Hebron, Monroe, and Oconee. You heard Coach Myers say it. Uh, they've all been ranked at the top 10 in various points this season. Stevens and Oconee are uh, currently there. That's the top 10 by Georgia High School Football Daily. So all four of these programs from Region 8 are going to be uh, tough. And unfortunately, all you know, all four are predicted to walk away with, with the wins this week. And, you know, I, I don't care so much about the, the other three. I, I do hope that that is incorrect in, in our favor. But uh, they – Definitely the favorites going into this round one of the playoffs. Absolutely. Now, for our matchup, again, set in stone, we have secured the three seeds, so we will be at the number two seed, Hebron Christian, uh, a private school out of Decula, uh, probably a team program that most Dragon fans are not familiar with. A um, little uh, information on them. They finished the regular season 8-2. and two. They were 3-2. and two. Uh, in the region this season. Recently bumped up from single A, six straight playoff appearances at that level, including a quarterfinals appearance in 2019. Um, and we talked about a little earlier kind of how they were able to get here this season despite success. Um, they went in last Friday night 2-2 two and two in region play. They needed that third win, and they got it over the number one seed, Stevens County, in uh, an upset victory. Though potentially Stevens may have altered their game plan, may have been sitting some players out, uh, getting a little different folks in on rips, potentially because they had already locked in the region and uh, the one seed. But that will be who we face on uh, Saturday. And I know, Jess, you got a little more insight into the team. Yeah, so that last fact that you dropped there, they had a quarterfinal appearance in 2019. The head coach of that team... Uh, we had I teased it a little bit too. I, I will ask, um, do you know who it was? This is a good fun fact. You for the listeners out there, Jess has not told me this. I happened to come across this on my own inadvertently this week, so I'm very glad that you asked me. It's another gentleman. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty positive. It's another gentleman that's had a big week. Yes. Uh, he was just named. Timing as, is yeah, bizarre. Bizarre it's, timing. Yeah. It was Jeff Saturday, the former longtime player for the Colts, who was just named this week as the interim head coach of the NFL team, the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. So three years ago, he was coaching Hebron Christian, who Pickens will play uh, this Saturday. And uh, this Sunday, he will be coaching the Indianapolis Colts, which is um, – that's crazy to me. They pulled him out of uh, – ESPN. He's been an analyst for them for years. He's a six-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's got a Super Bowl ring. Played. You know, he was he was a center. He was snapping the football to Peyton Manning for the majority of his career. Um, wound up at Ebron Christian. Did a very good job there. From from what we could tell, um, had the quarterfinal appearance. Very good job as head coach there. Uh, one of the funnier quotes I saw 
in his press conference is when he got the call from Jim Ursay, who is the Indianapolis Colts owner. He asked him why he was a candidate for this, and it is a strange. He said no, no coaching experience at the NFL or collegiate level. Uh, but I, I thought that was very wild timing that he is the former coach of our opponent. Uh, this week and just the fact it, it would have been cool enough anyways but he he is going to be the head coach for the indianapolis colts this sunday so uh really crazy there i know that's got to be cool for uh, those players that got to play under him during his time he was there from 2017 to 2019 uh three years after he left they had a couple down years but now they are back with a very very strong coach uh, jonathan guess it's his first year at hebron christian i was blown away by his resume uh, he had 15 seasons at eagles landing that's another private school uh, below i want to say like henry county south of uh south of atlanta there in 15 seasons he had six state championships and seven appearances including five in a row from 2015 to 19. He had 11 region championships. He's already turning this program around. A very, very good head coach and hire by Hebron Christian in the last year. Yeah, that is an impressive resume and, and fun fact there on uh, Jeff Saturday. Yeah, so really just like they've got some pull apparently when, when hiring coaches. Yeah, they have certainly got uh, some stars, no doubt about it. Um uh, interesting that they were able to get Jeff Saturday because he was not coaching anywhere. I don't believe. No, I, I didn't. I couldn't find any background on this. I'm sure it's available. I have to think that he has some connection, connection some. to the program. Um, yeah. I actually graduated with his niece. Uh, you would have went to school. I graduated yes. with another one. Yes, or I didn't graduate. So with that her. is yes, uh, by correct. marriage. We'll we'll leave the names out here. You yeah. know who I'm talking about, I but the, I believe he was married. Like he was married in family, they weren't uh, yes, blood relatives. Yes. But of some his. Georgia but So he is he is from the area. Yeah. You would have to think yeah. that uh, he had some connection to the school, and that's how they were able to land him on that hire. Now Hebron Christian, not only well coached though they are, but they got some ball players too. Just some people that the Dragons going to have to watch for on Saturday night. It's kind of funny even saying that instead of Friday night, Saturday night. But. Yeah, it is odd. Um, Coach Myers hinted on it a little bit. Uh, their quarterback. He's incredible. Actually, when I was looking these stats up, I thought he was their running back. Um, it was not until I saw him in the pass category that realized he was a quarterback. Gavin Hall, he's a junior, leads all of AAA. That is for the state, folks, uh, in rushing. Over 2,000 yards, 25 touchdowns. He tacks on 1,500 pass yards with 15 more touchdowns to go there. Uh, like Coach Meyer said, he thinks he will be the best player he's ever coached against. Um, I don't have any objections to that argument he, he is going to be uh incredible and he will be a task to deal with this saturday he's joined in the backfield by a freshman running back devin caldwell who uh, adds over 500 yards seven touchdowns his favorite targets jake redmond a senior wide receiver and then drew foucher will be a name to watch on the defensive end leads the team in tackles and sacks but i am uh Really, uh, I shouldn't say I'm excited, but I should be a little bit concerned, I guess. In a, in a way, I am excited to uh, get to see what Gavin Hall can, can do on Saturday and see how he backs these numbers up. Yeah, it'll be definitely a treat uh, to a degree for football fans in general to see that quality of player on the field. Um, but uh, 
certainly hope that uh, he's not going to be performing too well on Saturday if you're a fan of the Dragons and hoping they're going to advance to week two. Should be a great matchup and very glad that uh, Tri-State Communication Sports Network will be covering that for the fans that can't make the trip to Deculo. Final thought, just for you, um, before we sign off on the podcast this week. Um, the For this team, we talked about the strong finish. everybody got to be proud of that. Making the postseason, they got this trip week one. Um, certainly, based on predictions, will be the underdog in this matchup. I don't think it'll be an easy hill to climb, but of the four playoff matchups between Region 7 and Region A, um, we know that probably maybe got the best matchup potentially. Nothing to take away from Hebron Christian, but maybe just match up pretty well against them. Um, not just a win. Obvious answer would be to win this game on Saturday, upset Hebron Christian, and advance to week two in the playoffs. But if you're Coach Myers – what is success this Saturday? What do you? What would be success for the Dragons beyond a victory? Just simply going into the matchup. Well, I certainly think as of midseason, is it, it is success that you're even there. Um, I think that uh, preseason, in a way, this is success. Um, I, I like I said it uh, at the end of the show on on last Friday at the end of the broadcast, and you agreed preseason expectation I would say was met by reaching this game not exceeded now a midseason expectation I would say was is well exceeded so like if you wanted a grade from me preseason I would say BB plus like you you did we did what was expected now if you wanted me to give a grade from October on I would say a plus I mean they, they the team was down and out uh, there was zero expectation and you absolutely went well beyond it from that point so uh as for this Saturday, what I would see as success is uh, and they're favored by 20. Uh, play them closer than that. Uh, do your best at bottling up uh, Devin Hall and and keeping him contained, uh, compete. And like Coach Myers always says, I will quote him on this one. I think it is a good line. Uh, have an opportunity to win the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, don't be, you know, don't be out of it by halftime type thing. You know, be in it for the entire 48 minutes. Don't have anything to hang your head on, and continue to build the success that you had in October and late and early November, and carry it into 2023. I think all good points, and certain certainly things we'll be wishing for because we do wish the Dragons all the best in that playoff game on Saturday against Hebron Christian at 6 p.m. Of course. Be sure to tune in to Tri-State Communications Sports Network, 93.7 FM and 98.1 FM, or streaming online, WLJARadio.com. Click to listen, WPGY, the Northside Hospital pregame show beginning at 5.30 p.m. and kickoff set for 6 o'clock. Be sure to tune in if you're uh, at home watching the college football games on the big screen. Meet the TV, turn on your radio, and listen to a little postseason high school football with the Dragons take on Hebrew Christian. Hebron. Hebron Christian, my apologies. Uh, I went biblical there for a second. Um, but, uh, again, it's a pleasure for us to bring you coverage of Dragon football all season long, and we hope if you're a, a fan, we have brought you quality information, kept you updated on uh, as the season has progressed. But we appreciate you tuning in all season long to Dragon Football Weekly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and we want to thank Appalachian Gun Range for, for sponsoring this segment of our coverage and all of our sponsors for allowing us to bring you coverage of Pickens football all fall this 22 season. We look forward to covering it in the future, and we wish the Dragons all the best this Saturday. 
We thank you again. And that's all for this segment of Dragon Football Weekly. I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker. Go Dragons.